0: Welcome to another episode of the View Charlotte Real Estate and Entertainment Podcast. My name is Jeremy Orden, one of the partners with the Orden Writer Group at Allen Tate. Each week, we will break down a real estate topic, share stories related to the topic or have guests with experience in various facets of real estate and then discussing something about our city that makes it unique. This could be restaurants, things to do, fun facts, or well, virtually anything about Charlotte, because Charlotte's such an amazing city with limitless opportunities. The idea of continuing to educate our clients to the real estate market so they can make the best decision for their family is a commitment we stand behind and hopefully each of these episodes will leave a little pearl of wisdom with our listeners. Let's get started. For this episode, I'm joined by one of the fantastic agents on our team, Joe Waugh. Joe has been a Charlotte resident multiple times in his life and has extensive real estate experience in multiple markets. While we will dig further into Joe's background in a future discussion, for anyone unfamiliar with Joe, he's often described by his clients as being an upbeat cheerleader who does a fantastic job of setting proper expectations and exceeding their expectations. One of the best things about Joe is his incredible knowledge and warm personality. Everyone who meets Joe instantly becomes a fan of his, and I'm honored to work with him every day. Joe, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Jeremy. Happy to be here.
0: Today's topic is something I'm extremely interested in, and I know that you are as
1: well, Joe. Absolutely. When we discussed the topics of this subject came up, I got really excited because this truly is where my passion comes out. I agree with you. We both love working
0: with first-time homebuyers and guiding them through the process.
1: Exactly. For the first-time homebuyers, that's where you get to first see the dream of home ownership begin. It's truly an honor to be able to partner with people and educate them to the process of buying a home and being their guide throughout the entire process.
0: I love being at a closing table with first-time homebuyers when they first lift up their keys after everything is signed. It's such a victory moment when you get to see that part of the American dream of home ownership really come together.
1: Yeah, it's the best feeling.
0: So today we're going to be discussing our top tips for first-time home buyers. These are a combination of best practices as well as some of our team's custom approaches to ensuring that a buyer has the best experience possible throughout the entire process. So Joe, why don't you get us started with your first tip?
1: Yeah, so I love working with first-time home buyers. It's a responsibility that I take very seriously. I know from my own experience, especially working with buyers and sellers, all aspects of the business and buying your first home is one of the most exciting and terrifying things at the same time. The first tip I'd like to give my first-time home buyers is to prepare for an emotional roller coaster.
0: Oh, I like that. So you're not focusing on the finance or the product, but on the emotional aspect of buying a
1: home. Completely. I think Most first-time home buyers get excited, which they should, about the opportunity to buy their first home. However, they don't exactly expect the highs and lows it can come throughout a transaction. There is disappointment sometimes when you are excited to go see a house that looks amazing in the photographs, but you get there and the place either smells or you wonder who had an amazing Photoshop skills to make it look so much better than it is. The nervousness when going through the loan process and anger that some requests are not met or deadlines change. There's also a massive fear because it's such a big financial move. I think by preparing for this wave of various emotional states and setting the expectation that is normal for a buyer is to set up for a level higher of success. I really like this a lot.
0: And it's so true and applies to virtually every buyer and seller that it's both a financial as well as an emotional process.
1: It really is. Number two would be to decide what is a need and what is a want. Okay. Tell me more about that. Well, when I'm working with a first-time home buyer, sometimes their early desire list can be all over the map. They might want three acres with no HOA, five minutes from uptown Charlotte on a Victorian-style house that is all brick with a wraparound porch and is completely modern finishes. It can get pretty out there. So I like to begin by having my first-time home buyers tell me what is a necessity between location, bedrooms, entertaining spaces, and move readiness.
0: There's a lot to unpack in that statement, so let's talk Let's talk about why you separate needs and wants.
1: Well, I think it's important that we come up with a criteria that outlines what is a potential deal breaker right off the bat. Coming into our process, I need to know if a two-bedroom home might be acceptable or if they need a third bedroom for when their parent comes to visit. Establishing the must-haves, I think, is building the foundation to be able to add the things they want on top of that. I think that's such a great approach.
0: Can you tell me what you meant then by move in readiness?
1: Absolutely. I think we can divide first-time home buyers, or maybe any home buyer, into three categories. There are people who can see a space and come up with a vision for the best use of that space and are willing to take on the project. Then we have people who are open to doing a few things, making a few adjustments to allow a space to accommodate them. Finally, we have clients who need to be who need to have the home presented in the way that they will live in it from paint colors to cabinets or landscaping.
0: I think that's such a great way to break down the different levels of investment or improvements after a purchase.
1: Yeah, when I'm working with first-time home buyers, I like to know which of these levels they fall into because it is more than just location and size. It is the actual property itself. How does it make you feel? How does it meet your needs?
0: So going back to wants versus needs, what do you see when you get this information?
1: Well, the biggest thing I see is that I am able to Better service my client's needs by presenting the opportunities they might have missed, while at the same time, they understand that I am really working for their best interest to find the perfect opportunity. I think that's
0: so great. I really like how it's all about setting the proper expectations. My first tip is talk with a lender.
1: (laughs) That made the list a lot higher than I thought you would want it to be.
0: Yeah, I really wanted to put this lower on the list. However, as we were discussing leading up to this... I felt that, you know, number three was a really good spot. In my experience, most of my first-time homebuyers have consumed a lot of incorrect information. Either they hear things through friends, commercials, independent research. I found that with many of my first-time homebuyers, they don't really understand the budgetary obligations associated with homeownership.
1: Yeah, those online mortgage calculators are always fun.
0: I think they set the worst expectation because most first-time homebuyers don't know what things like PMI, homeowner's insurance estimate, and property taxes are going to be. Plus, the rates on a lot of these sites often include incentives to buy down or they're omitting programs that the buyer could qualify for.
1: Yeah, they're all over the place sometimes, that I even have a hard time figuring them out.
0: Me too. Like you, I like to set clear expectations from the beginning of the process. If someone tells me that they want to spend $300,000 on a house, I like to know how they came up with that number because it might be the perfect budget, or it might need adjusting in case there's a high homeowners association fee, it could be higher or lower taxes, or there could even be special assessments.
1: Yeah, it's funny how many factors can sneak in there that can drastically change the payment. Just the tax differences between Charlotte and driving five minutes south to Indian Lane can drastically change the monthly payment of a similarly priced home.
0: Exactly. I think it's really important that when a first-time home buyer is starting this journey that we set the right expectations immediately out of the gate and that begins by applying or at least having a conversation with an exper- experienced lender. I know the lenders that we partner with are so much more committed to helping people make the right financial decision versus only being concerned with closing a loan and really taking the time to analyze the data to ensure that people are approved for a right amount and able to move forward.
1: Yeah, it's funny how intimidating that process of applying can be.
0: I always try to relate it back to like going to a grocery store or gas station. I don't know if anyone else does this, but every single time I put my credit card in, and I'm waiting for the approval, there's always this quick little moment that wonders, like, is it going to get approved? It's that same as situation when you're applying for a loan. You're giving someone permission to review your credit and finances to approve you for a loan. It's a scary process.
1: Yeah, it's one, I think it's one of the biggest hurdles that first-time home buyers need to overcome, and that is simply applying. It is like getting a physical at the doctor's office. You just need to know what you're going what's going on.
0: That's it. You know, obviously we have a ton of experience with loans and different products. However, I believe that by going through and connecting with a loan specialist, a first-time homebuyer is setting themselves up for success, even if that means that the lender down the road is going to design a game plan for them to be able to buy down the road and they can't buy right now.
1: Yeah, number four is something I'm really passionate about, obviously use an agent
0: oh i'm sure there's no bias in coming up with
1: that one joe (laughs) absolutely not i'm serious though we live in a world where buyers can go online see a good portion of homes for sale there they can request a tour online they can apply for a loan online we have become so accustomed to buying things on our own that we forget that there are professionals whose entire career is built around assisting them and for the traditional buyer it is done at no cost to the buyer it is like getting a professional consultant for free Obviously, I love
0: this, but I really want you to expand on that one. Can you discuss what you do for your first-time homebuyers?
1: Well, what don't I do? My job is to partner in all facets of the home buying process. That means I help to identify and show properties as well as educate my clients to other neighborhoods, areas of opportunities they may not have realized were there. I analyze properties for them and help them determine both valuation and offer the terms that would be acceptable. I coordinate with their lender, inspector, negotiate repairs, coordinate improvements from our vendors. Every step of the way, I'm a partner, sometimes a therapist or mediator, but i really a friend who can bring the experience of hundreds of transactions to the table to reach the desired outcome.
0: So what do you say to people who say that they don't want to work with an agent or they're going to work directly with a listing agent?
1: Well, if they say they are working with a listing agent, I make sure they understand that the listing agent represents the seller's best interest and then discuss dual agency with them.
0: So that's a whole other topic that we have to save for another day.
1: Yeah, certainly a rabbit hole we can get lost in. However, if someone doesn't want to use an agent, there's nothing that says they have to. There are obviously ways to view homes on your own with open houses or virtual showings. However, that would be like going to work without clothes on. You are entering a situation ill-equipped to deal with the responsibilities. I wouldn't perform surgery on myself, even though I am sure I can Google how to do it. I want someone who is experienced and trained in a procedure to perform the surgery.
0: I found that some of my first time home buyers are reluctant to ask to see some properties or ask to see multiple properties because they don't think it's worth their time or they don't wanna feel like they're monopolizing my time.
1: And that's exactly why they need an agent. It is literally my job to present properties to my clients, to show them homes and help them reach their goals I always like to tell my clients, please let me show you the property because even if it isn't a good fit, it will continue to shape and educate you as you move forward to finding the right property.
0: I think that's such a great approach and I think that really sets the right expectation for a transaction.
1: Well, that's it. I like to let my clients know about buying about buying power in different areas. Maybe something they didn't consider or how they can get more for their money in different areas. Maybe they need 100% USDA loan and we can target certain type of properties. It is all about being of service.
0: And that is what you also learn, that not all agents are created equal. Some people might just exist to unlock doors and write offers and don't do the level of service that you're discussing.
1: Yeah, we have seen it all. There are amazing agents, like I consider everyone on our team to be, with experience extensive experience who really embrace this career and our mission statement to educate our clients to the market so they can make the best decisions for their family and then there are people who have no experience or motivations that are in conflict with their buyer and make no investment into that relationship.
0: It really does come down to relationship and service. At the end of the day that's what we're doing.
1: Yeah the last tip big number five is remember. While a home is an emotional space, it is also a financial investment.
0: This is such a good one. I I was showing a house this week that was super quirky in its layout. My clients really loved how weird and funky the house was. However, I felt compelled to bring up the fact that this house had been on the market for six months, had a stack of over 100 business cards in the dining room, and wasn't sold. While I believe that there's always a buyer for every house, this is an investment that could prove to be a problem when it comes to resale in the future.
1: Right? We always talk about with our first time home buyers, so we are with them all way after the transaction. I cannot count how many of my first time home buyers later became my first time home sellers and second time home buyers. By discussing resale before purchase, we are hopefully able to advise on potential returns.
0: That's it. I mean, everyone wants a deal. However, I always say that you make money on the purchase of your home. Can you get it at a good price? Because it's almost impossible to determine what something could sell for in the future. Obviously, there's market and economic unknowns. However, by controlling the purchase price, you're able to set yourself up for a higher level of success in the future.
1: Yeah, it's so important to point these things out. Sometimes people fail to notice the things that could have real impact on resale such as power lines, flood zone designations, antiquated wiring, or deferred maintenance. That's
0: a huge part. Mechanical systems in a home can lead to tens of thousands of dollars for a replacement or upkeep.
1: Yeah, from my experience, not a lot of my first-time home buyers are budgeting into their down payment savings the ability to replace an entire HVAC system.
0: And I think that's why it's so important to look at a home from a financial aspect. You want to ensure that you're making a wise financial decision so that the investments you make into your home have a return, but also so that you're building wealth through the appreciation of what's likely to be your largest asset.
1: Yeah, it's really tough sometimes to look at a house the same way you would look at a stock or a bond.
0: It is, because you don't live in a stock or a bond, whereas you are living every single day in your house. And there's tons of things that people can do to improve the valuation of their home from improvements or upgrades or modernization. Of course, you need to make the right decisions, but there are opportunities there as well.
1: Exactly. That's where it is interesting also, speaking about improvements. I know in a future discussion, we'll go through improvements that have a high and low return on investment, but it is so important to note that valuation can drastically change based off the changes and upgrades that take place.
0: You know, I don't want to get off on a tangent here as, you know, I'm prone to do. However, that's one of the big reasons why I struggle with a certain online estimator of value. A mathematical algorithm is never been inside your home, doesn't know what you've done to the house or not done to the house. It's just using publicly available data to calculate a valuation based off of publicly available information and its program criteria.
1: I agree. Again, this is why it's so important to work with a professional.
0: So I think this was a really great list and hopefully give some tools and guidance for our audience about buying their first home. However, I think that these tips can really apply to virtually anybody. What do you say that we transition over to our entertainment topic for the week? And I know it's something that you're very passionate about. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Let's do this.
0: So Charlotte, as I always say, is such an amazing city. We have a lively music scene, fantastic museums, we're perfectly located between the beach and the mountains, and in my opinion, we have the best climate that you could ask for. That being said, Charlotte is also a great dividing ground for one of our favorite topics, barbecue. So traditionally, when discussing barbecue, we're debating Eastern versus Western style barbecue. However, this week, we're going to completely avoid any of the fiery opinions on such a divisive topic and just discuss our favorite local barbecue places in Charlotte.
1: This is such a great topic, and I know you have some pretty strong opinions on the subject like I do. I'm going to kick things off with a place I recently discovered but have become a huge fan of immediately. I'm not quite sure why it took me so long to try this place because it has been talked about for years and it absolutely exceeded the reputation and the hype. I'm talking about Midwood Smokehouse.
0: That was going to be number one on my list too, Joe. We both tried it for the first time together recently and we were both incredibly impressed.
1: Yeah, I think people throw out terms like the best I've ever had all the time. But when it comes to Midwood Smokehouse, this really was the best ribs I've ever had everything as the name implies is smoked and just done to perfection they offer a variety of your typical expectations such as carolina pork brisket and chicken however they also have staples such as burnt ends
0: that was the thing that really got me excited because i had never had them before at the quality that midwood offered
1: yeah everything we had it was fantastic reasonably priced and given the quantities with the three charlotte locations it is virtually close to anyone
0: You know, one of the top places, in my opinion, is Improper Pig. They have two locations, one in Ray Farms and one in historic downtown Fort Mill, which unfortunately for me is a little bit too close to where I live. However, you know, they offer the typical barbecue offerings such as pulled or chopped pork, St. Louis style ribs, brisket,
1: sausage, smoked chicken. Yeah, they were also featured on diners, drive-ins, and dives with Guy Ferry, right?
0: Yeah, they were. And if you look on their menu, you'll find items that were flagged that were featured on the show. Two highlights are the improper charcuterie plate, which offers a combination of pulled pork, brisket, sausage, and ribs with additional sides. It's the perfect sampler of everything that they have to offer. However, another one, which has now become the only thing that I can order from them because it's one of the best plates of food I've ever had, is the improper nachos. This is pure southern barbecue with homemade salt and pepper... Um, and vinegar chips, pimento cheese, and a choice of topping. However, the brisket is the best.
1: Yeah, the improper nachos are awesome. But it's funny to hear you say that you like the brisket, because I know mean, you're not really a brisket fan.
0: You know, I grew up hating brisket, but Improper Pig changed that for me. I think they have some of the best brisket I have ever had.
1: Here we go again with the best I've ever had comment.
0: You know, I'm really trying to avoid any hyperbole here.
1: For me, I think any barbecue conversation has to feature Stalin's Rockstar Barbecue. This is a really cool location inside a 1936 former gas station that offers both dine-in and take-out barbecue.
0: I think this place just oozes character with the location alone.
1: Yeah, it's a great atmosphere that brings back the old-timey vibes with some of the best barbecue options. They offer a combination of options including brisket, chicken, pork, and ribs with combination plates or sandwich options. All the meats here are smoked in the house but the sides and the combo plates are just some of the best I've ever had in the area.
0: I've heard that they're also one of the best options in the area for parties and catering.
1: Yeah, they have an extensive menu for catering or bulk orders, and it is a place that we like to utilize for parties. Because everything is made fresh and keeps really well, you can even buy it a day in advance and it reheats perfectly. It's also great that they are a small one-off location that is so small, you really need to know about it in order to find it.
0: I don't think that you're allowed to discuss barbecue in the Charlotte area without talking about Max Speed Shop. This used to be the place that I would bring people to when they were visiting from out of town and wanted something local.
1: Yeah, Max has such a great story. It opened in 2005 and focused on bringing great barbecue, tons of beer options, and a biker bar vibe to the original location in South End. Since then, they have expanded to nine restaurants with over 50 draft beers and 100 bottles and cans available, making it one of the largest beer selections of any barbecue place I'm aware of in the area.
0: They also have a massive array of options, including pork, smoked chicken, briskets, ribs. They have some of the best wings that you've ever found in a barbecue place.
1: We did do an episode on wings.
0: I'm just getting hungry with this entire topic. Right. I think that's a great idea. The
1: other thing that's just
0: crazy about Max is that they have something called the Fat Boy Challenge. I'm going to try not to take that personally. This is a five-pound sandwich with pork brisket burger bacon slaw and fried pickles like you get your name on a hall of fame wall if you finish it and they also have other prizes available
1: yeah it sounds amazing and i know that your arteries and your heart health will thank you for this too oh
0: yeah absolutely there's nothing wrong with like trying to consume a five pound sandwich however if you finish it the 70 dollars sandwich is free
1: finishing the list is one of my absolute favorite places in the entire city barbecue
0: Okay, so I've never been to City Barbecue, but, you know, you have to tell me about it. You just got to run solo
1: on this one. Yeah, it's great. Like many of the other places we have mentioned, they have your typical smoked meats, such as chicken, pork, brisket, and ribs. However, I think what, what makes this place special is the small restaurant feel. Not saying one is better than the other, but this place is really special. I have to say that I love the proximity to where I live, but their cornbread is just really awesome, too. What's the best thing that you've had there? Well, we've talked a lot about the ribs or the brisket, but this is one place where I really like the pork. The sauce options allow you to take your own flavors to either an eastern or western barbecue direction. But the smokiness and the freshness of the food really comes through. I highly recommend it.
0: I'm just hungry from this entire discussion today. All right. Well, I think that concludes another episode of our podcast. I want to thank my agent Joe for joining me continue to be excited about this adventure and hope you'll join us for another episode of our podcast view charlotte <laughs>